0: The Mules are in the Corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, we have the executive director and founder of Cedar Creek Therapeutic Riding Center, and her name is Karen Grindler. Karen, welcome to Mule Talk.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: You have an incredible program there at Cedar Creek. So, when did all this get
1: started? Uh, Cedar Creek began in 1988. Uh, We started off, we had 12 riders with the help of four horses and about 20 community members. And everybody that participated absolutely loved it. So then the next session that we had, uh, we had 24 riders instead of 12. And we continued to grow until we reached where we're at today. Cedar Creek serves about 120 riders a week with the help of about 17 horses and mules and ponies. We have one (laughs) mule here at Cedar Creek. Okay, Josie. All right, I was enough to keep me busy.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. We'll talk more about Josie here in a bit. But uh, what kind of disability cases do
1: you work with? Well, equine therapy is a holistic therapy. It's good for people with physical, mental, and emotional disabilities because of the three different things. First of all, physically, the movement of a horse, mule, pony, whatever, is four-dimensional, exactly like the human walk. Uh, forward, backward, side to side, up and down, and diagonal. So there really is no mechanical apparatus in a hospital setting that can imitate the human walk, but the equine can. So when you take somebody who's in a wheelchair or paralyzed from the waist down, or uses impediments, has impediments in walking using braces, and you have them get on the back of that animal. That up and down, side to side, forward, backward, four-dimensional movement will go up through their legs, into their pelvis, up their spine, into their shoulders, and that rocking, rotating movement will help to supple stiff joints. strengthen large muscle groups in the stomach and the back and the legs and the shoulders and the arms. Uh, Physically, as you know from riding a horse, it's more difficult than a Pilates class, so... Anybody on the back of the horse riding is certainly going to get physical benefits. But some of our riders, their goals may be just to actually benefit from those physical movements of the horse. And then mentally, for some of our riders, some of our kids have ADHD or maybe our riders without syndrome. They might uh, come out and see the creeper that sports become good at for their self-esteem. Some of our riders may not be able to participate in their middle school and high school sports, but they can come out to Cedar Creek and participate in the sport that's difficult, you know, and encouraging others uh, at school when they're like, oh, you ride a horse? They could be like, well, yes, I I ride a horse and I go to horse shows, and suddenly, you know, they have this sport that's more difficult than anybody else's, and it's great for self-confidence, self-esteem, and, just having them feel good about a sport and excelling in it. And then for our riders with emotional disabilities, we work with veterans with PTSD as well as children that come from abusive situations. And uh, it's the emotional bond that's created between the horse and the rider. I have seen kids in 33 years that have been through absolutely horrible situations that have come out of Cedar Creek. And, you know, when you've been abused and rejected for most of your life, you start most relationships off uh, being, uh, just not wanting to be friends. Uh, it's easier to reject than to be rejected. So if you start off a relationship and just say, you know what, I don't like you, you can't be hurt uh, uh, because you've already ended the relationship. Yeah. So a lot of our kids will come out here and then, They'll start off and tell the horse they hate them and they don't like them, and then all of a sudden there's this animal that's there for them week after week that doesn't touch them that loves them unconditionally. And then they start to pet the horse and then they start to hug the horse and then they tell the horse, I love you. And uh, and then as a result of that relationship, they're able to start to form relationships with humans again. Same with our veterans. Uh, A lot of them haven't left the house in years. They're afraid of going out. In the world, uh, everything is fearful. They think somebody's around every corner. They've just grown very fearful of society. They come out to Cedar Creek. They have this relationship with this animal. They go on trail rides in the woods. They realize that they're completely safe. And then they get stronger. Uh, so for all of our riders, it's, it, they get all the benefits. But, you know, our goals might be different for different people, but we're not going to say, hey, Johnny, you really strengthened your life today. That's what we're looking for. We just have a blast riding our animals, going on trail rides, and having fun. So
0: you don't really give them things to think about that you just have them get on and then you just go with the flow, so to speak?
1: Yeah, we do. Our lessons usually include, uh, you know, after everybody is mounted, uh, we do exercise start off like you do in most horseback riding, our, our mule lessons, you know, you loosen up and everybody gets balanced on the horse, and then we learn a different skill every week. Um, you know, there's so many things to teach, and then after we work on our skill, we have 2 miles of trails in the woods here at the center um, that have been put in by volunteers like the Kappa Kappa Gamma, they are our sorority, we are their philanthropy And uh, with the trails, we have over a 100 gnomes, fairies, and animals, statues hidden along the trail. So the kids have just a blast. Spying gnomes, dragonflies on trees, uh, all sorts of things out in the woods. And one of the ways that we spark conversations in kids with beach delays is just simply taking a trail alive, and there's so much to see and so much to do. Um, and so we have that, and then we come back to the arena, and, uh, and you know, usually by then our one-hour class is over. So, no, we don't really say today that we're doing this because of this. Because, you know, going on a trail and going up and down the hills is really great for our young riders. And, and uh, you know, changing the pelvic tilt and going uphills and downhills it does so much for balance and core strengthening. But we get that fun. It all happens magically when you ride.
0: Oh my goodness, that is that is so uplifting to hear you say that. You have different classes. I mean, because you have people that suffer from you know child abuse and so on, and then you have your veterans. So I'm assuming your classes would be different for for different groups. Well, you know,
1: some of our classes up because we do it based on what parents and riders can get here. Like we used to have our veterans on Thursdays, afternoons, and then one of my veterans told me that the uh, uh, support group for Vietnam Vets was at the exact same time uh, over at the VA hospital and that they had all been missing riding at Cedar Creek and really wanted to ride, and so I switched days uh, so that they could come and ride. So in that class where I switched them to also happens to be a couple of school kiddos so that they're in the same class, but we're all doing the same thing, basically. We're all, you know, getting on a horse, learning to ride and riding. So um, when I used to have some specifically veteran classes with veteran volunteers, right now we're all kind of incorporated together and riding together. It's sort of what happened when COVID started because many of our riders were unable to participate. And uh, and now that we're all sort of getting back together, we're finding that everyone writing together is really not a problem. And we're all kind of doing the same thing anyways.
0: Wow. Okay. So it says here that you are a PATH certified instructor. So can yes. you explain that to our listeners?
1: Well, PATH is the organization that we have been a part of since we began in 1988. They certified us back then. And we have been part of them for thirty-three years. They are the international organization that sets guidelines and regulations for over a thousand riding centers in the United States, you know, so that we're all operating and safely and most most importantly it's for the welfare of the horses and as well as the riders to make sure that everybody knows that a horse can only be used so many hours per day or so many hours per week and there's so much weight per animal. And basically it's just to make sure that everything is done in the most safe and effective manner and then so becoming a certified instructor takes hours of teaching and writing and uh bookwork and classwork and of course, a lot of CEUs learning a lot of stuff in over 33 years, a, a lot of conferences, and really a wealth of information that you learn about this field of decline therapy. Some people think, oh, you know, just put a kid up on a horse and go, and there you go. Well, in a way, but we have evaluations. We get permission from the doctors to participate. Our occupational therapists evaluate each rider along with the certified instructor before they ever even get on a horse. Because we have different goals, so as you know, different animals have different speeds and different movements. There's large movement, small movement, you know, fast movement, slow movement, and depending upon the disability that the we're working with, we certainly want, you wouldn't want to put a child with fast CP on a fast-moving pony. You know, that would just make them tighter and and would not help at all. But we would want to put a child with speech delay that we're trying to uh, strengthen their diaphragm muscles and their core on a fast-moving pony because that's the quickest way to do it. So there's reasons why we choose the animal that we choose for each rider. And so there's a lot that goes into a therapeutic riding program to make sure that it's done professionally and in safe and effective manner.
0: Okay. We're gonna take a break and we'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Cindy K. Roberts. My mule cobble had trust issues from previous training long ago. Sometimes it would give a little western out there. So recently I sent cobble to Dave Recker, the mule enthusiast. Within one day, Dave had her laying down. I was amazed. Dave has worked with many mules over the years, and he certainly can read a mule. Dave's method is humane and is based on total trust between the handler and the mule. Your mule can easily develop into a more confident and calmer animal simply by asking your mule to lie down. Dave's DVD, Teaching Your Mule to Lie Down, is available through his website, MuleEnthusiast.com. Give your mule a better life. I did. All right, we are back. And we are talking with the executive director and founder of Cedar Creek Therapeutic Writing Center in Columbia, Missouri. And Karen Gringler been gracious enough to be talking with us. Karen, tell me, how do you interview people and qualify them so that they can join on to your program?
1: Well, usually word of mouth gets out uh, and doctors refer uh, clients to us all the time. There's a few children doctors, probably 12 of them here in Columbia that have been aware of our services for years. Some have even come out and visited us. And so they refer children who are delayed in different areas out to Cedar Creek as soon as possible to work on those skills. So that, as well as just children uh, and uh, parents talking to other parents about their children and the participating in Cedar Creek. And, you know, and they hear about what it's done and how it's changed uh, and the amazing benefits, so then they continue to pass the word around. and So it's just kind of word of mouth, and, and, and the doctor talking about it, referring us, and physical therapists referring us, and occupational therapists referring us.
0: What does it take for a horse or a mule to qualify to be working inside your program?
1: Well, I think most important for us is the horse's disposition. Of course it needs to be sound uh, a lot of people will call me up and say I have the perfect animal for you you know it's blind in one eye and, and, it, and it limps but you know since you do kids with disabilities, we, we think that it'd be great uh, wrong uh, If the animal is off in any way in it's movement that movement is of course going to affect our riders with a physical disability that are there for the input for the animal we don't want the input to be uneven off, so the animal needs to be sound. But it's really important that the animal is calm, uh, well-trained, doesn't spook. Um, we're not in the, sh- in the business of training animals. Um, we do get them adapted to the work they're going to do at Cedar Creek that they need to come to Cedar Creek already broke trained and ready to go. And then we introduce them to balls and games and hula hoops and basketball. And loud music and uh, all the things that go with the group therapeutic riding center and the things that we do at class. Um, So I guess I would say the perfect animal is an animal that's usually the riders and owners are wanting an animal that wants to go longer on the trails or faster in the arena or jump higher. But they're, you know, well-trained, still perfectly good, great animal. And, uh, and it gives them a purpose. They come to Cedar Creek. And, you know, it's really, I have to say, one of the most amazing things of my job is watching an animal come to Cedar Creek and um, at first not really realize what they're here for. You know, suddenly they've lost their lifelong friend and they're at this place where they have lots of friends, but um, lots of treats and lots of attention. But they... Really don't understand what they're doing here, and then they get this rider who you know gets out of a wheelchair, and the amount of joy that that child or adult feels when they're on the back of that animal—I mean, energy passes, and they exude so much happiness, so much laughter, so much joy in that one hour on the back of that animal that the animal starts to realize. Oh my God, these people that they're putting on my back, I am making them so, so happy. And then one day, it happens with each animal, I'll take the rider off and then a horse or mule will turn their head and look at the person and thank them as if to say, thank you for riding me. And it's amazing because in the beginning, they'll just stand there when the rider gets off and... You know, like you know how they do, and, 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 uh, and they're just like, okay, next. And then all of a sudden, they start doing the turns, I call it. And they just want the rider to come over and give them a hug on the head and pet them because they are truly thankful for the human. And of course, our humans are extremely thankful to the animal. So there's this tremendous embrace uh, almost every time a person gets off the horse through at Cedar Creek. And you can see the animals. Uh, especially after they've been here and they get it, appreciating the job that they do out here, as well as the opportunity to serve the cause that we've
0: That is so sweet to hear. Um, it's amazing how much a horse or a mule can give to a human, uh, spiritually, emotionally. And, but you you do have a mule in the program, and the mule's name is Josie. I want to hear about this mule.
1: Well, we got Josie a couple. Of, I think it was twenty eighteen, uh, right before the whole. I guess about a year before the whole COVID thing, we got Josie, one of our veterans, Joe Bryan. He's out of Jefferson City, Vietnam vet. Been riding at the program, and he grew up with rules, and so he kept giving us trouble about not having one. Well, we did have one for about fifteen years, Wiley, and once you got finally she was kind of lame and older, we uh, donated her to of the volunteers down the road. She actually just passed away a year ago. So we got, and she was really nice little tiny mule. So we got Josie from the university had a uh, an auction, and Joe insisted on uh, bidding on Josie until he got her for Cedar Creek. He wanted us to have a mule, and she was pretty broke by the girls at the university in her life before she went to the university, and uh, and she's been here. Now, she's very fast, fast girl. She's extremely friendly. Uh, just this morning, I called her from, she was out in the field, and I didn't even say it very loud because I didn't want the horse the dog on it. And I just went, Josie, Josie, because she keeps running it and she's like, oh my God, what's to do for me? Unfortunately, it was the muzzle, is what I was going to give her. And she wasn't very happy about that. But I'm finding that my mule gets. That on air, I guess. I don't know, but as soon as the spring grass comes on, she starts to clump out. So that's nice. Mules are easy keepers. Um, but, yeah, we Joe rides uh Josie every week. And we have a couple of our other more experienced riders riding on Josie. She's 12, 13 now, I 14 maybe. Yeah, 14 this year. But she, she's a little bit fast compared to some of our older retired horses. So we love her because of the fact that she's got a lot of energy and she's very, very strong. Uh, so we're able to put some, you know, good size veterans up there and they can carry her and she's happy to work. She's got a lot of personality. I've never realized, uh, how much personality because Wiley wasn't quite like Josie. Josie is super, super, super people friendly. And she wants you to literally put your entire hand in her humongous ears <laughs> and scratch. Oh. And like she will she will roll her eyes back in her head. If you scratch and I will tell the kids, don't fit your hand in there scratch real good. And then she will just shove her head in your face and roll her eyes back and she loves an ear scratch. So we're having a lot of fun with her and I I'm hoping we have her for another 10, 15 years here at Cedar Creek. I'm assuming in about five more years, she'll slow down enough that I could put a little one up there. And, and But right now, her speed, I'm afraid if I put a two or three-year-old up there when she walks on, they might do a backwards somersault.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It sounds like that mule died and went to heaven.
1: I love loving here. She's on loot. She's we just got a, a new draft tours and they look exactly alike. And uh, I was in the arena the other day working in the corner on the fence and Josie came running over for ear scratches. And this belt and Belton on and they're the exact coloring as the mule. He came running over next to Josie for head scratch too and couldn't have sidled up to her more cutely because uh, he thinks she's beautiful. And she just looked over at him and gave him the total smell that walked off. I never laughed so hard. It was like a beautiful woman and a a young suitor. Uh, She was just like, not interested, dude. But, uh, yeah, she's got a lot of personality and real people love her. And we're real happy to have a a mule back out at Cedar Creek because, you know, we are in Missouri. And she's like a must-have.
0: So how many volunteers or employees do you have there?
1: Well, we only have six employees and volunteers right now, we have about, I'd say 75, 80. Um, when COVID hit, the way that we were able to continue working is we would let parents sidewalk with their own kids so that they were able to take uh, social circle. And then of course, leaders far enough away from a rider and a sidewalker that we were able to keep, uh, you know, social distance while riding. So, um you know, we were able to continue to ride through the entire time. It was really incredible. Uh, actually, when it first hit, we had to shut down, but we did online lessons. We were one of the first writing centers in the nation to come up with uh, seven weeks of online lessons, which were videos that taught different skills along with a lot of fun. with to say, I laughed so hard making those videos. Mostly the outtakes, I think, of the things I tried to show and that it was our first time making videos. So there were quite a few outtakes. And we ended each one with me teaching a uh, popular dance just to get the kids up dancing and laughing. And uh, that were some of the outtakes were pretty good because my daughter's a dancer, so she can actually do dances. Uh, she would tell me what to do, and then I would try to do them. And 63... And overweight does not make you dance necessarily. So they okay. became hilarious, and the riders would comment. Everybody loved them. So we, we we haven't really missed a beat uh, in the last three years, and um, we're always looking for help in the summer. Cedar Creek loses all the college kids. They all go back home, and we still have a bunch of riders that want to participate. So anybody listening to this podcast can. Uh, help us out this summer. We'll start up the second week of June and basically June and July. It's just a two hour a week commitment that we ask. Uh in two hours if you have horse experience you can come out and leave one of the animals for the uh, two hours and if you don't you can just walk alongside of our riders to make sure that they're maintaining their balance and they're safe on the horse. We'd love to have some mule people come out here and if they can walk fast and they can go with Josie. And uh, so always welcoming people with equine experience coming out to Cedar Creek. That's what we need the most. And so, yeah, we'd love to have some more helpers.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's all good stuff. Uh, and it could be like a good fitness program where you're out there helping and walking along or trying to keep up with Josie.
1: <laughs> 7,000 steps, I think, two hours of walking to Cedar Creek. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's an excellent form of exercise for sure.
0: Good. Well, Karen, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on to Mule Talk. And uh, you have a website. What is that?
1: It's Cedar Creek dot spelled out M I S S O U R I dot org. And you can go there and watch videos, become a volunteer, and fill out our application. If you're interested in participating as a client, we have registration papers on there and the list of all the classes that we offer and when they are. And, uh, yeah, we we, we love help. We wouldn't be able to do what we do if we didn't have the help of the community uh, as volunteers. So yeah. we always welcome new people.
0: So uh, what about social media? Are you on social media?
1: Yeah, we are. At Cedar Creek Therapeutic Writing Center. We are on Facebook. Instagram and I, I, I'm not responsible for those things but the youngsters that work here keep those going. I can do Facebook. I haven't quite figured out the Instagram with all the other ones but um, <laughs> yeah we're, we, we have social media presence.
0: and what about a phone number if they want to call
1: your your office? Yeah you can call five. There's two numbers. You can call 573-875-8556 or myself 814-573-814-9700 and I give that out now because people can text me. That's what these kids in college like to do now. So I give out the eight one four nine seven zero zero, and you can just text me, and I can tell you exactly what's going on and what things are happening, and whether or not we need your help, and in time we need your help, and. Yeah, we look forward to as many people from the community helping us out this June and July. We're hoping to be back in full swing. Uh, You know, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise.
0: All right, Karen. Well, thanks again, and uh, I wish you all the best, and we'll have you back on soon.
1: Well, thank you. Good to be there, here, wherever we are, podcast Land.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email. Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me.
1: Talk is an Every cowgirl's dream production.